from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Senesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. And hello again, everyone, and welcome to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. I am your host, Mike Salmon, alongside with our expert and co-host, Victoria Collier. Senior Salute Radio brings timely information to leading age boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. And today we're going to be discussing the Georgia Advanced Directive for Health Care. Hello again, Victoria. Hey, Mike. We've got to get over these allergies, don't we? I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) On the last episode, we discussed the importance of having a financial power of attorney in place. But you also mentioned that people should also have a health care advance directive. Tell us what that is. Sure, Mike. Um, A health care advance directive is really a document that you put in in advance of need which means before you need any help from anybody else so when you're fine so when you're fine uh, before you have cognitive or physical disabilities that you rely on others for um, to help you out with things you actually put down what your desires are in a piece of paper that shares information about you know what kind of health care do you want where do you want it Um, But more than that, you're naming an agent who has the legal authority at that point to carry your desires out. So other than health care decisions, does the document address any other concerns or needs? So people think about a health care advance directive generally in case I'm like in a car accident and um, I'm unconscious and it's life or death decisions, right? Right. Um, But, you know, life doesn't always work that way. Sometimes we have slow declines. Um, Sometimes we do have crises like that. But in addition to just telling the doctor life and death decisions right now, um, there's how do I want to be taken care of on a day-to-day basis? There's also uh, where do I want to live? There's also um, this document lives beyond the person who signs it meaning that when you die there's still decisions that you have made and expressed in this document that will be carried out through your health care power of attorney such as funeral or cremation desires organ donation or body donation or autopsies whether or not you would authorize an autopsy if it's not required by law so this document itself actually does a whole lot more than just decide whether or not um, you know what kind of health care you want it also has to do with life and death decisions whether or not you want uh, life support all right let's let's wrap our arms around that a little bit more give us some examples as to when a person would use the health care power of attorney right so because my mission in life is to help people stay as independent as possible live with the highest quality of life possible. Um, In order to do that, we need access to information. And so when somebody has had a medical procedure, for example, and it went wrong, um, the only way that we can determine what went wrong and by whom did it go wrong um, is to be able to get access to medical records. So the power of attorney agent can access and request those medical records. Without the healthcare power of attorney, no one can get medical records except for the person themselves. So an example of that I would give is, there was this woman who contacted me um, because her husband was in the hospital. 
and he had had a regular minor heart issue. Now, anytime we talk about the heart, I don't think it's minor. I was, gonna, I was about <laughs> to jump in and say that, yes. But he did have surgery, and it was supposed to be in and out, okay? Um, but it wasn't. He, in fact, I don't know what went wrong. Um, I didn't know at the time. But he was essentially paralyzed, and he could only move his eyeballs. He couldn't talk. Ugh. He couldn't move. And he could only, you know, like I said, move his eyeballs. And none of that seemed like it should have been related to the actual heart issue that he had. Well, she did not have power of attorney for her husband, and they were in their late 50s. He was the only person on the house and the only person on the mortgage, which means that, and the only person on the checking account, which means it wasn't getting paid. She was getting threats to get kicked out of her own house, right? But more importantly, on the healthcare side, she couldn't find out what was going wrong, which also meant that she didn't know how to fix it, which also meant she didn't know how long he'd be in this condition. So we actually had to petition for guardianship over her own husband so we could have access to the medical records. Once we got access, it was determined that he was given a medication that went seriously wrong and he had a reaction to it. But had she had the medical power of attorney, she would have had that knowledge much sooner and it could have been corrected sooner and he wouldn't have had the life-changing effects that he had because the guardianship route itself took uh, two months. Well, we're seeing quite quickly how important it is to have these in place. And as we talk about a healthcare advanced directive, when should we go ahead and get that in place? Just like a financial power of attorney, that when you turn 18 and you are your own person, you need to have a healthcare power of attorney put in place. Even more so important than the financial power of attorney because anything can happen to any of us at any time. And while most people want to think that we just live and die, there's a whole lot that happens between living vigorously and dying a nice, smooth death while you're asleep, right? And so, I don't know about you, Mike, but I drive on the highways in Atlanta, um, and I know how I drive, and I also see how other people drive. And, um, you know, accidents could happen to any of us. Um, just walking across the street, and just like... Um, uh, you know, younger people like, you know, people that people know, like Christopher Reeve, who's now deceased, but he had a horseback riding accident. My daughter rides horses. Uh, that's a great example right there. I mean, that was Superman. Superman. If this can happen to Superman. Absolutely. It can happen to anybody. And it does happen. Um, and people have reactions to medications that cause disabilities that we wouldn't even be able to imagine could happen. Um, people become mentally um like they have mental illnesses um like uh bipolar schizophrenia um and that affects their life for the rest of their life that then require other people to step in and make healthcare decisions yeah expect the unexpected absolutely so this is not just an old person's document no it's an every person's document who's 18 or above all right any examples of of, of someone that would be maybe younger and th this would come into effect. Absolutely. In addition um, to the ones we've already mentioned, um, but I really like to emphasize to people who have kids in college, you know, there's a lot of kids who are experimenting with alcohol for the first time. And sometimes um, some recreational drugs, if you will. And so they don't know how their bodies are going to react to it. And so sometimes they're allergic. They get like alcohol poisoning 
and so they're rushed to the hospital and maybe a friend might text mom or you know the mom or dad and say so and so's in the hospital but mom and dad can't just call the hospital and even see if their child is there without a power of attorney okay so that's a young person's issue um the car accidents can happen to anybody at any age um luke perry he recently passed away yeah. now he passed away um but it was from a stroke not all strokes kill us sometimes they um have no residual effects but sometimes they most often will paralyze someone on one side a healthcare power of attorney would be necessary in that situation and luke was only 52 years old that's not an old person i would say that you know i could you know spend hours upon hours coming up with all the scenarios over the past 16 plus years i've been in my legal practice to show why people needed a power of attorney when people didn't have a power of attorney but more importantly how successfully smooth it has worked for people who did have them in place absolutely there's this other example of when i was actually called by the court to be what was called the guardian ad litem which is not a, an attorney for a proposed ward but somebody who steps in investigates the situation to determine what is in the best interest for this proposed ward. So what had happened is that this man was in his 40s and he owned his own company and he had a stroke and um, it paralyzed him. He couldn't speak, but you could tell he could understand what people were saying to him. You could tell that he wanted to respond, um, but wasn't really able to in a written format or verbal. So he was basically responding by blinking his eyes, you know, one for yes, two for no, things like that. Well, the seriousness of this situation is before he had his stroke, he was in the middle of divorce proceedings that his wife had filed. Okay. Interesting. Now, his wife is now the one who's taking care of him, even though there's a pending divorce. And they also have minor children as well as one or two adult children that were in their early 20s. Okay. So there were allegations that the wife who's taking care of him now, because he needs total care, um, is that not only does she maybe have an alleged other interest, like a boyfriend, um, but there's also drugs in the house, potentially. Um, and so she's the one who's petitioning to be his guardian, right? And had he had a power of attorney in place, we could have easily gone to the backup in case he um, had named her. Because when you actually get a divorce, even if you don't change your power of attorney, it's as if the spouse kind of died before you did right oh, wow, okay. even if they're still living they're kind of like written off so we could have made that argument that because she had filed for divorce that she shouldn't be able to stand in the shoes of a guardian at this moment um, especially if he wanted to continue with the divorce right um, but he didn't have power of attorney and so then it was kind of a struggle between the adult children and the mom slash ex-spouse um, and so that became a very difficult situation. Um, and had he had the power of attorney, at least naming some people, we could have gone to the next in line, next in line. Um, and the court could have um, had more guidance versus trying to decide is wife now actually acting in the best interest or not. But that was somebody in their 40s um, who was um, a business owner, um, had a stroke, and, um, and needed that help. Now, 
most of my examples have to do with strokes, I guess, because that's something that happens so suddenly, it doesn't kill people. Um, and it happens to people of all ages. Um, but the next example I will share is this man who had two children, both adults. One is a registered nurse. Um, she lived out of state and he was kind of estranged from both of his children um, for various reasons. He had a girlfriend who was living with him um, and they had been together for years. They just hadn't gotten married and I don't know why, but some people choose not to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I think that had something to do with the estrangement of the children was who he chose as his girlfriend. And um, so he was this, you know, in his early 50s, very astute man involved in lots of things especially his community um he was like on the he was like the the president of his board of his community association Mm -hmm. kept lots of records on his computer to include the will and his powers of attorney that he drafted himself that he never printed off that he never signed so he never effectively had them right so now he has this stroke he's in the hospital he's not dead um but he needs help and he needs somebody to make decisions for him well daughter swoops in who's an RN which means a nurse and basically says no life support he wouldn't have wanted that and yet he hasn't expressed in any way on paper what he does or doesn't want girlfriend says um yeah life support he's only 52 years old and he's not dying he had a stroke um which has left him paralyzed on one side and he's pretty out of it at this moment but not completely right uh, he's in and out, let's just say. Right. He also has a brother who is he's very close with, who lives close to him, and the brother was on the side of the girlfriend, right? Son, just not involved at all. Um, so they hire me to come in and try to help him. So I go into the hospital and I try to assess um, his capacity first and foremost because we cannot sign any documents unless you have mental capacity to sign them, right? Well, I had troubles even getting into the hospital because the doctor, had, uh, sorry, the daughter had told the hospital not to let anyone see him. And a person has a right to see a lawyer if they want to. So I had to fight with the hospital, but only because of my reputation in the community as a reputable elder care attorney. The lawyer had heard of me, the hospital's lawyer, because they got their lawyers involved. They had heard of me because I do education to other lawyers across the state, across the nation, actually. And only then did she allow me to come in. However, she had a nurse stay in the room to make sure I wasn't coercing him um, as a lawyer, of course. Her nurse in the room is funny because she was on her cell phone the whole time, like, you know, texting and stuff, not really paying attention to us anyway. But nonetheless, at some point, I guess, decided that I wasn't going to coerce him and she even left the room. Bottom line. He did have capacity. He could express what he wanted, and we did a power of attorney at that moment. Um, And thank God for him it wasn't too late Um, because then his desires could be outlined. Um, I had another client that wasn't so lucky. She um, had a heart attack, called me in. This is the very beginning of my practice. Um, Called me in to the hospital. Um, I took down what she wanted in her health care advance directive. Um, and what's very important to her was just she wanted to be cremated. And in the healthcare advance directive is where you get to decide or at least share, do you want to be buried or cremated? And it's your healthcare agent that then carries that through for you. Okay. And for hers, she wanted to be cremated. Well, 
there was a two-day turnaround before I could go draft it and come back to the hospital, have her sign it. And two-day turnaround is really quick, actually, for most firms. Um, normally, when you're doing estate planning, it takes a few weeks, okay? So, but I had promised to be out on um, two days later. Well, she died before we could sign anything. And she wanted to be cremated. Well, without having a power of attorney in place where somebody could carry that through, the default law in Georgia says your next of kin gets to decide. Well, she had two children that had been estranged for 30 years, mm. um, and they tried to reach them. They couldn't reach them. And so the default law in Georgia is you will be buried. And so she was buried um, in the state lot, uh, which means not in a regular cemetery. It's the cemetery for people who are indigent uh, that the state buries for you. Um, I was there. It was me. It was a friend of mine and the backhoe guy. Um, and it was sad. Yeah. And it was sad because I knew she wanted to be cremated. Yeah. Um, and she couldn't because she didn't have the health care power attorney, uh, you know, naming someone to carry that out for her. These are amazing stories, and they're true stories. Mm. It happens probably more often than, than you, we, we want to know. So, and, and talking about power of attorney and the health care advanced directive, these are not taboo subjects these are things that families need to talk about we do need to talk about them um, but people don't because of various reasons but the primary reason is that we don't want to think about our own mortality right I have people in my own office who've come there for estate planning when I start asking about their health care and how they want that they've never even thought it out we plan weddings for a year before it happens. You're, in fact, planning a wedding. Yes. I mean, how long have you been planning your wedding? Or how long has your fiancé been planning the wedding, right? A lifetime. Um, we plan vacations to the minute as to what we're going to be doing on each day. Um, we, you know, plan our meals. But we don't want to plan what's going to happen to us if we become disabled. Um, and I have people in my office that cry when I ask them, do you think you're going to want life support if you're in one of these situations? And they just cry, and they can't answer the question. And so if they can't think about it, then how can they communicate about it? Yeah, it, it, but you, you got to plan for it, and you have to plan for it while you're in good health, good mental thinking, all that stuff. You, uh, you, it makes no sense to wait. It doesn't, and the way I like to look at it and I think the shift that happens in our office to where people can cross that bridge is that as difficult as it is for you to think about your own mortality and being dependent on somebody else, imagine how difficult it is for the person who steps into those shoes with no guidance at all, no direction from you as to what you want or don't want. And that's like putting somebody in the middle of a downtown major city uh, without a map and telling them to find their way home. Um, so I tell them it's truly, and I believe this to the core of my heart, it is a gift that you are giving to somebody else by not only making those decisions for yourself, so no one else has to make those decisions. They are just carrying them out, the decisions you've already made, they're carrying them out but only if they have the legal authority to do so because you've put it in writing in the power of attorney. All right, Victoria, let's give everybody a map. How should they reach out to you to get more 
information, more knowledge about all of this? So the first place to go is, I would say, start at our website, and that is elderlawgeorgia.com. And Georgia is spelled out, so that would be elderlawgeorgia.com. And if you know you're ready to move forward, go ahead and call us to schedule your consultation, and that is at 470-235-7848. That's 470-235-7848. All right, Victoria, everybody's been listening to Senior Salute. This is a bi-monthly show bringing timely information for leading-age boomers, and it's available 24-7 online by visiting SeniorSaluteRadio.BusinessRadioX.com. Thank you, Mike. I also want to thank our listeners. We salute you. Thank you.